In the name of Jesus. Amen. Dear saints of God, some things are for us routine. There's a pattern to them. The sun comes up in the morning and it goes down at night. We cook dinner, eat, do the dishes, go to bed. Even patterns that are bigger than that. Spring, and then summer, then fall and winter. Another year of Lent, then Easter, then Pentecost and Trinity season. Same thing. In fact, we didn't make many changes to the service this year. Same old Good Friday service. Same old tenebrae sequence. Same old last seven words of Jesus and putting out the candles and leaving in silence. Same old thing. Maybe for us. But this thing we hear about in the gospel, this suffering and dying of Jesus, this agony and cross, this is a one-time event. In fact, this suffering and dying of Jesus is, is the most important event in all of history. In all of history that has been and in all of history that will be, this this humble event, this, this man being crucified is the pinnacle of all of God's plans. This might be a shock for us. I mean, we know it's important, but perhaps when we hear it in the gospel, we should have slightly fresh eyes to see that it was for many of the people around just another crucifixion. I mean, the soldiers that day who, who woke up and had crucifixion duty, they didn't know any different. They were there getting their hazardous duty bonus, dividing up the clothes and the undergarments of Jesus. Those who stood by, walking by, wagging their heads, mocking Him, just another crucifixion, just another brutal death in the, this brutal world. But we know better. The cross alone, do you remember this quotation from Luther? The cross alone is our theology. It's because through the cross alone, God is merciful. Through the cross alone, God is loving. Through the cross alone, your sins are forgiven. So it is good, it is very good that we consider this cross of Jesus, this suffering of Jesus, and what it means for us. That we put this unique event before our minds and our hearts tonight and always. And we'll do it by considering the, the threefold suffering of Jesus. It's good for us to review this. For we often, when we think of the suffering on the cross, think of it one way. We think of the brutal agony of the physical suffering of Jesus. Some of you have seen this movie, The Passion of the Christ. You say it's almost too much. I mean, the, the Roman wit which would have, which would have torn the flesh off of the back of Jesus. 
Psalm 22 says that they looked on my bones. It's Jesus on the cross. They looked at my bones and we think maybe just because he was so hungry or so skinny or something like that. No, it was because they had taken off his back, the skin and the muscle. The, the nails that would have gone through Jesus' hands. This is an agonizing thought. And crucifixion was an agonizing death. It was illegal for a Roman citizen to be crucified. Remember that? Because it was too brutal. There was different ways to put a Roman citizen to death because the, 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 because the cross was, was reserved for people who were not citizens who needed to be made an example of. Normally when you were crucified, you would hang on the cross for days, maybe a week or so, and slowly die. The crows would come and sit on your shoulders and pick out your eyes and the dogs would eat off your toes as you sat there in the agony of the cross. It was a brutal sort of thing. You would be there lifted up on the cross, but not so high that the children couldn't throw rocks at you or people hit you with sticks as they walked by. You would die by crucifixion. You would die by your lungs filling up with water. That's why, uh, remember when they wanted to kill the two, or when they wanted to kill all of them, they, they wanted to break their legs because as you were extended there, the only way for you to breathe would be to push up on the nail that was holding your feet to the cross and you could gasp for a breath and then hang down. Your arms would be, after just a little while, out of socket so there would be no strength there. And if you'd break their legs, they couldn't breathe. Their lungs would fill with water and they'd die. This physical suffering is terrible. But this physical suffering of the cross is not the suffering that saves us. If all it took was physical suffering, then the thieves who were crucified next to Jesus could have died for our sins. It's not the physical agony of the cross that is our redemption. There is another aspect of the suffering of Jesus. And this, in fact, the second type of suffering that Jesus undergoes is what the Gospels spend most of their time talking about. That is the, the shame of the cross. The, the, the soldiers that blindfolded Jesus. Can you imagine this? Jesus is blindfolded and they would strike him. Not to hurt him, but to embarrass him. Strike him and say, prophesy now. Who hit you? What's my name? You know what? They blasphemed him. He said he was the Son of God. Let God help him. Let God rescue... Here's the, some of the worst words of the Gospels. Let God rescue him if he wants him. The crucifixion for the people that were mocking Jesus was proof that God didn't want him. The crown of thorns, the robes, the hanging on the cross, naked, the claim that out of mockery that he was a king, all of this, the shame of the cross, is what the scriptures describe most. He endured the cross, Hebrews says, despising its shame, remember? But there is a third suffering, dear saints, a suffering that you and I will never know. A suffering that you and I cannot even begin to comprehend. And that is the suffering that wins for us forgiveness. It is the suffering that Jesus undergoes on the cross at the hand of God the Father. When they were mocking, 
When they were mocking Jesus and saying, if God wants you, let him rescue you, they were half right. Because God on the cross was forsaking Jesus. He was leaving him behind. He was letting him go. The darkness that covered the earth from noon until three. Some have said that this is the face of God the Father turning away from his Son. And that's right. At least that's what was happening. Jesus was being forsaken by his Father. Abandoned by God. And even more. We had it in Isaiah 53. And these are words that are almost impossible to believe if they weren't there for us in the Scriptures. We considered Him stricken, smitten by God. Smitten by God and afflicted. It was, look at this verse 10, it was the will of the Lord to crush him. Jesus on the cross is suffering the wrath of God for the sin of the world. God the Father lays upon the back of Jesus every sin, every commandment broken, every commandment not perfectly kept, Every thought, word, and deed that you and I and every sinner in the history of the world has had and will have, all of it is laid on Jesus. And just like one sin makes God mad, so the whole mass of sin makes God incredibly angry. And He pours that anger out on His Son. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from my groaning? Why are you so far from helping me? Because God the Father considers Jesus to be sin itself and is, and is pouring out the full measure of His wrath right there. Right there. That, dear saints, is the suffering of the cross. That's why Jesus is already dead after after only six hours of hanging there, why his legs don't have to be broken. That is why he breathed out his last breath. That, that is why you are a Christian and why your sins are forgiven and why God forgives you. For, for just as the Father took your sin and put it on Jesus, he takes Jesus' righteousness and puts it on you. We've had this before, but it's, it's good to hear it again. Jesus cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He, he prayed that Psalm 22 so that you could pray Psalm 23. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, thou art with me. Jesus was forsaken so that you would never be forsaken. Abandoned so that you would never be abandoned. Punished so that you do not have to be punished for your sin. But can rejoice in the promise of life everlasting.
The cross alone is our theology. It's because in the suffering of Jesus, in His being punished by God the Father, that we escape that punishment and have God smile. That, <laughs> as hard as it is to believe, that is why this is Good Friday. Good for you. And even good for Jesus. Because as much as he despised all this, he's glad to have you as his child. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.